Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Once again, we are opening our chart-topping, internationally recognised podcast to guest writers. If you've got a great idea for a story and you think our audience will love it, get in touch and send it over. The upcoming themes, as voted for by you, are Doppelganger, Wall and Superstition. If you think you're up for it, head over to www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash submissions. Once again, that's hawkandcleaver.com forward slash submissions. Lord Sidebottom and the Awesome Airship Mystery by John Cronshaw, narrated by Persephone Rose. The clock above my workbench struck seven. I rolled up my designs for what can only be described as the most awesome airship ever conceived. Not in that vulgar sense uttered by those young people they have nowadays to refer to anything even vaguely of interest. No, this airship was awesome in the truest sense. 
I stowed the blueprint in my wall safe and locked the front door behind me as I stepped into the cold. It was time to meet the beautiful Lady Elizabeth. I shoveled coal into my Segway. The machine rumbled to life, steam jets hissing from its exhaust vents. My feet stood firm between its wheels as the vehicle rolled forward. The sands extended towards the sea's distant glimmer as the Segway hopped onto the promenade. Seagulls eyed me from their gas lamp perches. The beautiful Lady Elizabeth would be waiting for me. I had taken it upon myself to court her and prove I was a man of means and keen perception. Approaching the pier, I spied a commotion around our usual place of meeting. I recognized Detective Jones, as tall and impeccable as ever, with his black uniform and airman's moustache. Detective, I called, drawing to a stop. Lord Sidebottom. Lamplight caught the flicker of anguish in his expression. I followed his gaze, and my mouth gaped. An emerald green dress lay draped across twisted limbs. The beautiful Lady Elizabeth stared at nothing with dead eyes. I stepped from my Segway and knelt over her body. Do you know this woman? the detective asked. It is the beautiful Lady Elizabeth. We are... we were courting. I turned to him. Who could have done this? Who could have snuffed out the life of such a wonderful woman? He removed his hat and dipped his head. I am dreadfully sorry. That is not an answer, I spat. Are there no clues? The detective licked his lips and gave a slight nod. He handed me a brass plaque, no bigger than my palm and no thicker than the brim of a cheap top hat. I rose to my feet, tilting it towards a nearby gas lamp. The etched image of Mad Frank winking back at me caught the light. It is Mad Frank's calling card, my arch-nemesis. Curse that. The emerald dress burst open as a dozen or so clockwork crabs launched themselves towards me, nipping and tearing at my flesh and hair and clothing. I frantically pried them from me, hurling their metal shells to the ground, stamping them down beneath my boots. The detective lunged forward, swinging at one of the damnable things with his truncheon, screaming out when the creature snapped at his face, lopping off a chunk of his moustache. We looked around, dazed and breathless, as gears and brass shards lay spread across the flagstones. Are they gone? he asked, straightening his hat. I stared down my ragged shirt and wiped my bloodied face with the handkerchief. What the devil were they? I believe they were Mad Frank's attack crabs. A shuddering breath left me, and I knelt next to Lady Elizabeth. Holes in the dress revealed a construction of wood and rubber beneath, nothing more than a container for those mechanical mockeries. I ran my hand towards her face and prodded rubbery flesh. This is not a murder, detective. This is something else. Then no murder has been committed. It is a closed case. I was supposed to meet the beautiful Lady Elizabeth. If she's not here, then where is she? He met my question with a blank expression. I tipped my hat and mounted the Segway. Deflated, I returned to my workshop. I came to a stop outside and rummaged for my keys, my fingers brushing Mad Frank's calling card. Why had he sent clockwork crabs? Where was the beautiful Lady Elizabeth? None of it made a lick of sense. 
My workshop door flew open and three robot monkeys charged from inside. Steam poured from their ears. Alchemical light glowed behind their eyes. I jumped to one side as they swung from trees and lampposts. The first of them leaped towards me. I gripped the creature around the throat, slamming it against my garden wall, its skull shattering on impact. I sidestepped the second and stood back as it tumbled into a thorn bush. I ran toward it, my boots crashing down on its chest, oil and coal spilling across the cobbles. I turned swiftly as another mounted my back, its claws tearing at my already ragged shirt. Grabbing its ears, I flipped it over my shoulder and shoved it against the wall. It thrashed for a moment and dropped face first to the ground. I examined its head. It was coated in the same rubbery material as Lady Elizabeth's false visage. I drew my fists up and shouldered my way into the workshop. Lengths of rubber hose and copper wire lay across the counter. Brass gears and cogs stood in haphazard piles. My gaze shifted towards the wall safe. Its door hung at an awkward angle. Scorch marks ran along its hinges. I marched over and thrust my head inside. My designs! A glimmer of something caught my eye. An etched sheet of brass. Mad Frank's calling card. I snatched it as a low droning hum filled my workshop. I bolted outside, skidding to a halt as Mad Frank's airship loomed above. I threw a handful of coal into my Segway and fired up its engine. The airship turned slowly towards me as I raced ahead. A salvo of missiles burst from the airship's cannon. Charging headlong towards the first missile, I pushed my Segway beyond its limits, its frame rattling as the wind rushed by my ears. With a swift kick, the Segway rose from the ground and slid along the missile's edge. Teeth gritted, I hopped to the next missile, and the next, and the next, climbing towards the airship as more of the rockets rained down. I glanced over my shoulder to see my workshop in flames far below. Bouncing from the final missile, the Segway cracked beneath me, its wheels falling to earth. With a burst of strength, I leaped towards the airship, crashing through a window and clattering onto its deck. Gasping, I forced myself to stand. A fiendish-masked man stood before me, his black cape rippling against the wind. He twiddled his moustache. Lord Sidebottom, we meet again. Mad Frank, gah, what have you done with the beautiful Lady Elizabeth, and what have you done with my designs for the awesome airship? He let out a cold laugh. I do not have time for your games, Lord Sidebottom. You have destroyed my clockwork crustaceans and mechanical macaques, but you will be no match for my robot crab monkeys. He clapped his hands, summoning a trio of robot crab monkeys. The vile brutes ducked and weaved around me, steel claws snapping, fangs glistening. I swung at them with kicks and punches, but they moved with swift, unpredictable flourishes. Overwhelmed, I yielded. Mad Frank clapped again. Lock him in the cell! The robot crab monkeys dragged me along an unlit corridor and threw me into a metal-walled room, locking the door behind me with a thundering clunk. I slumped to the floor, hopeless as darkness pressed around me.
I rifled through my trouser pockets, searching for tools or lockpicks. The evening had meant to be a walk along the promenade and a hot pot supper, followed by some gin and dress-up if all went well. My fingers brushed against the edges of two brass sheets, the etching of Mad Frank bringing a curl to my lips. My sneer turned into a smile as I rammed the calling cards between the door and its frame, shifting them until the lock finally gave way. Flinging the door open, I grabbed the heads of the two robot crab monkeys standing sentry, smashing them against one another with all the force I could muster. Steam gushed from the tops of their craniums, arms flailing wildly. As the guards fell into a heap around me, a third robot crab monkey bounded towards me and pounced. I swiveled, striking the monstrosity with a sharp jab of my elbow. Searing pain tore through my arm as it drove deep into its chest. Hot oil squirted from its frame as it collapsed next to its fallen brethren in a plume of billowing smoke. Holding my scalded right arm close to me, I crept towards the bridge and kicked open the door. Mad Frank looked up at me with a start. Where are my robot crab monkeys? I shrugged and offered him a broad grin. He charged at me, throttling me with fists. I nudged him backwards with a shoulder, knocking him toward the airship's control wheel. The craft lurched sharply to the right. We lost our footing and tumbled to the deck. Sliding across the polished oak, I swung at him to no avail. Gah! You fool! His wild laughter stopped abruptly when the airship crashed into the sea, a shockwave hurling our bodies to the deck with an almighty thud. Cold seawater lapped around us, pouring in through the cracks in the ship. I dragged Mad Frank through the nearest window and swam to the shore. The detective ran over to us as the airship ignited in a tower of flames. I offered him a weak smile and gestured to Mad Frank as we lay coughing and sputtering, sand and seaweed coating our bodies. Mad Frank pulled something from inside his cape, my designs for the awesome airship. The sodden paper turned to pulp in his hands. It is ruined! The sea has destroyed your blueprints! I rushed to the detective and pointed a finger at Mad Frank. That man burgled my workshop and attacked me with an assortment of clockwork and steam-powered attack robots. He also blew up my home with missiles, took me prisoner, and worst of all, he tried to steal the designs for my awesome airship. Mad Frank let out a cackling laugh as the detective heaved him to his feet. You are ruined, Lord Sidebottom. Your awesome airship is no more. What you stole was but a mere copy. I always make duplicates. Mad Frank's eyes widened. No! All my work was for naught! The detective cuffed Mad Frank and led him up the steps towards the promenade. I'm arresting you in the name of the law. Wait! I called, chasing after them. The detective turned to me. We will interrogate this criminal, and then I vow we will find Lady Elizabeth. I shook my head and reached up to Mad Frank's face. I tore off his mask, then pulled away the layer of rubbery flesh. Oh, Lady Elizabeth, how could you? I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Lord Sidebottom and the Awesome Airship Mystery was written by John Cronshaw, narrated by Persephone Rose, edited by Carl Hughes of music by Carl and Kevin MacLeod, and Tom Robson.
John Cronshaw is the author of post-apocalyptic fantasy and speculative fiction. If you'd like to check out more of his work, head over to johncronshaw.com. So, as you can probably tell by now, we've opened up submissions to our short story podcast. If you've got a story idea and you think our audience will love it, get in touch and send it over. The themes are doppelganger, war and superstition. So if any of those themes are tickling your idea organs, then head over to www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash submissions. Once again, that's hawkandcleaver.com forward slash submissions. Until next time. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.